ones, but you know, it's, it's Gary Keller, which is a very respected leader in our industry. And I read a book, and when I tell you I read his book, man, I mean, I, I had a studio upstairs at my old house. I had a studio, uh, and I just locked myself in the room every day, started taking notes. Boom, this is what I need to do. This is before I even took my exam. And I was like, and I ended up going to my wife and I was like, babe, I think I could do this. I think, and she's like, you know, mind you, I have, at this point, I have three kids. You know, I got a mortgage. My wife isn't in her profession yet either. And I'm, we're trying to figure out, it's my income. Like, what the hell? Right, right. <laughs> it's on me, you know, me feeling like a man. And I was like, this is a big risk for me. And I was like, you know what? Because when I got, I got, oh, I got the offer letters from the job and I looked at it and it was like 40,000, 38,000. I was like, right, right. Bruh. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, nah, man, I can't do this no more. I can't do that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to join, I'm going to join in the real estate. And then. You are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million-dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up. As you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reached success in their fields. And most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli the Real Estate Guy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Your First Steps podcast. This is Eli, the real estate guy. And when you talk about leadership, when you talk about work-life balance and just overall being a leader in the community and to his family, uh, we have an amazing, amazing guest today. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, Omar uh, Koto. Omar, how are you doing today, man? Good, man. And uh, I'm honored that you even thought about me for this. So Thank you for the invite, bro. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, and thank you for coming on. Uh, and so uh, first, for the people that may not know who you are, uh, introduce yourself and, and let the people know who you are and what you do. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, all the First Step family. My name is Omar Cotto. I am a real estate associate broker with Cobalt Banker here in beautiful Central Florida. Um, I've been a realtor for the last seven years. Um, practitioner. I'm also an investor and I also uh, am a landlord. So I, and um, I do a couple other things. I'm also still an active um, Florida Army National Guard member. I'm actually commander first of 265th Air Defense Artillery right now. Um, so I mean, that's what I do. That's what I'm what I got going on. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. So uh, just to kind of let you guys know how uh, Omar and I met, we actually went to school together at UCF uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, and you know, overall, just uh, it was great being in the same class with him, and uh, we kept each other's contact information over time. Uh, and we recently reconnected again off of uh, social, well, a couple years ago on social media. Uh, and um, we kind of messaged each other from afar, but then we uh, reconnected on Clubhouse, uh, and that's where we started a, a group called the uh, uh, Treadmill Talk. Uh, to where we would meet uh, just about every single morning at five o'clock in the morning, well, central, six o'clock uh, Eastern. Uh, and we talk about personal, professional fitness goals and how we can hold each other accountable. And it just started off with us two. But as time uh, went on, people would just start, you know, coming into the room. Uh, and, you know, the Omar was able to really change a lot of people's lives and be a great influence on a lot of people. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's great to have him uh, here and really, you know, share some of his, uh, his knowledge and experience. Uh, and life experience. So 
Um, so one, I know right now you're uh, you know, a broker, uh, you know, say landlord, uh, you're a real estate investor and all these other things. But uh, before you got to that point, uh, what was it like growing up in the, the Kodo household? What, what was it like being um, a child as you were growing up? Yeah, so we'll take it back. Um, I'm Puerto Rican. I was born in Puerto Rico, Caguas, Puerto Rico, to be exact. But I'm from Ceiba, for those who Puerto Ricans who know where that's at. Um, my mother was in the military. So, and my dad, they both met in ROTC together. Um, my dad didn't end up commissioning, but my mom did. She became a commissioned officer. And the early part of my life was basically spent in um, Puerto Rico. And then I moved to North Carolina to be closer to my mom's work. Uh, she was in the military at that time, uh, Fayetteville, Puerto Rico to Fayetteville. And then in 1992, uh, I moved here to Orlando, Florida. Matter of fact, we moved to the old Naval base, which is now Baldwin Park, one of the premier neighborhoods in Orlando. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. And, you know, we moved from there. Um, early on, you know, we weren't I wasn't rich by no means. I lived in an apartment uh, in uh, Howe Branch in 436. Um, my mom later got a house by the time I was in high school. She got her first house by my freshman year. I got a little, ten, I got my first room by the time I was ninth grade, um, 10 by 10. But man, I, I just told the story the other day. I was ashamed to bring people over because of how, you know, I went to Winter Springs High School and not, it's not rich. Now looking at my eye, it's not rich, but I didn't feel like I was that we were that accomplished or that well off. So I never invited people over to the house. I was always out and about. I was, um, you know, with some of their other crowds. So, but yeah, after that, I, um, I graduated from Winter Springs high school. I joined the Florida army national guard. 9-11 happened. 9-11 happened. And I said, I want to join, um, and go kill some bad guys. <laughs> okay. Nice. I know it's such a weird reaction. I don't know. I, I saw my mom in uniform. I was already in JRTC. I was very successful in that front. Um, I played baseball growing up, so I was athletic. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go kill some bad guys. Um, I wanted to stay home. I was very money-centric. And, you know, decision-making as a young man is always weird, right? You just make rash decisions. Well, that rash decision, is, you know, I mark 20 years here. I think, what's today, 23rd? So in two more days, we'll mark... 20 years I've been in the Florida Army National Guard. Oh, so. awesome. Congratulations on that. That That is awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate it, bro. I mean, that's a big, I did a big once over of where I came from. And, you know, there's a lot more to it, but that's the early parts of my of my life there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good deal. So um, I was going to uh, get into what uh, motivated you to be in the military, but I guess that came from your mom just seeing her in uniform and, um, and how that impacted you guys' life. So what about her being in the military? Uh, cause you to say, you know what, this this is it, or was it solely the background of seeing her do that, and then when nine eleven happened, that was like, okay, this is my cue. You know, that's a good question. My son just he he's in high school. He just joined JROTC, and I wonder why. I wonder if he joined because he's seen me in uniform, and he probably did because he wears my dog tags every day. Um, I you know I think I felt like I could do better than my mother. I looked at my mom and I was like. I could do better. You did that. I could do that better. Right. So um, the reason I joined was very dumb. There was a, a a kid I used to look up to when I was younger. I don't even remember the kid's name, but I remember like he did something like jump over 
uh, car hood. And I was like, man, that guy's awesome. I'm like, hey, what'd you do? He goes, I'm in JRTC. I'm like, people in JRTC can just jump over vehicles. I don't know. I was just thinking. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I was thinking very dumb, but you know, that led me into JRTC. And I was in band, I was in baseball, I was in JRTC all at the same time. And JRTC, I ended up being really, really freaking good at it, man. When I, when I mean good, I mean like I got like 20-something trophies. I mean, they're all up in my attic. My wife hates them. Um, <laughs> I was a state champion. I went to nationals. I mean, I, I got the, I, I fell in love with military culture. It came secondhand. It was like nothing. It was like, hey, um, I knew all the ranks really quickly. I knew all the terrain features. You name anything that had to do with military. I knew it relatively quickly. Gotcha. And so when it came to you saying like, you know, ranks and, and, and all that stuff, how, how can you be good at, at, at JROTC? What, what are, like, is that basically what it is, like memorization and, I guess, athletic uh, competitions and things like that? Yeah. So a lot of athletics, we did, we did summer camps. We did um, camps with, you know, uh, I remember that's the first time I shot a shotgun, the first time I had a rifle. Um, my discipline was on point learning the facing movements, you know, your command voice was really big, like, hey, being able to talk with inflection, you know, things like that. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's part of your ranking is the inflection in, in your Give voice? Give me one second. So my baby's here. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's bring her up. Come here, Phoenix. Let me see her real quick. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. So good. Gotcha. There you go. Hey, how you doing, Phoenix? This is my little three-year-old awesome. making a cameo appearance. There you go. But yeah, I ended up like I was super good at, you know, everybody. It was this inherent thing of leadership, you know, influence on others. Other people saw it at the time. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that, you know. People kind of gravitated to the way I operated and yada, yada. I don't know. I just know when I had ability of influencing people and people followed when I did things. I know that's such a weird thing to say out loud, when I, even when I'm saying it. But I knew I was kind of good at that. I was like, hey, every time, like on my baseball team, I was a team captain. If on, you know, in, in band, I was first chair and I got all the people riled up. When we went to camps, I was always the one that people circled around. And I was like, hey, let's do this. And everybody just ended up doing that. Gotcha. Um, it's such a weird thing, but I ended up knowing I was good at that. So when, when I told people, I think about joining the military, they were like, yup, that makes perfect sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. So um, as you join the military, you're there for a while. Uh, and obviously now you have you know a family. So what was that transition from joining the military to eventually, uh, you know, having a family? Uh, and, you know, what was that process like for you? Um, you know, it wasn't, it, it was a long time. So I joined in 02. Um, I mean, they, we can go super deeper than that, but it took me several years to get become a, a good family, man. Like it matter of fact, I wasn't a good family man until my kids were started getting older. So that's different. I just started, you know, I started living life. I got enlisted. Um, I ended up, you know, I got back from basic training. I went, uh, I learned, I tried to start college begin you know when i met you i think i met you like in 2011 maybe 2012 uh, something era. like that yeah, that's yeah. not right mm -hmm. yeah so that was like my second or third time at trying to get in college because the first time i had to stop the hurricanes came in 04 
I had to go and do some things for that. Gotcha. And then in 05, Afghanistan popped off and I had a, I left for like a year and a half to go to Afghanistan. Wow. Um, and then I tried to come back. And then in 2009, 2010, into 2011, I went to Iraq and Kuwait. So all these things started to kind of compound itself um, in between my military service. I didn't know what I wanted to be yet. You know, I was doing things like, um, you know, I was an IT guy. I was kind of in, in the software, in the in the computer space because I was a communications expert mm. as an enlisted man uh, in the army or in the National Guard. Gotcha. And so as you're doing that, um, so were you thinking that you're going to be in the IT space like eventually, uh, or what? What was your 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 thought process as that was going on? That's a good question. So yeah, you know it's crazy. I was I got in the, I got in the, I was a combo guy. What you call combo guy? I got really good at it. I got good at good at radios. Here, say bye, Phoenix. Say bye. bye. <laughs> my wife is going to pick up All right. uh, my daughter. Here you go, baby. Yeah. So, so that's part of my life having kids. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, she ended up being sick. But anyways, so yeah, I. I thought about getting my A plus, my M plus. I don't know if people are going to be bored by this, but you know, no, go for it. CCNA, all the things that had to do with the communication. Uh, oh, I thought, you know, at that time was, yo, what's going to make me the most amount of money? What's and I heard that you could get in the networks and it can make you the most amount of money. Hey, if you learn about computers, I didn't know specifics. Um, I can make the most amount of money. So I learned about servers. So I started going that way, and then I quick, I didn't quickly realize. I did it for several years. I was pretty. Um, successful at it, became man mid-metal managers. I was making pretty decent money on it. But then I realized that the people around it, the actual industry itself, I was not in love with. It was, um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a different vibe. Gotcha. I guess, well, what, what didn't you, like, what was that, that difference about the people that was in the industry? Because um, I know the, the tech space would be different than, the military space. So is that like the difference of personalities between what uh, those two or was it the tech space within the military uh, military life? Actually, the tech space within the military, I love. I mean, the military culture, you know, everybody's super tight, man. I knew, you know, by that time I got my rank pretty quickly, man. We we're talking about I came in in 02 by 04. I was an E5, which is sergeant. By, e, by 2006, I was an E6. So I was in leadership. By 2006, I was already a, um, I was already in, in leadership. Not to mention, oh, I forgot to tell you, I was also doing music at that time. I was super. I thought I was gonna be the next Timberland, Pharrell. Nice. I mean, I'm going. <laughs> I thought, yeah. you know, it was my early 20s. My my 20s. I was in in and out of studios. I was in nightclubs. You know, I had motorcycles. I was out and about, man. I was chilling. I was living my best life out there, man. Gotcha. Gotcha. So as time uh, went on, then you eventually uh, met your now wife. So how how did that? Uh, how did you guys meet? Uh, and you know how soon before you know the, the family uh, life started after that? That was crazy. That um, got back from Afghanistan, '06. I, I I went in. Um, I met my wife in '07. So I started working at Sears. Uh, so I started go back. I went back to school. I'm like, hey, the army doesn't need me no more. Let me go back to school. 
Uh, I met my wife at this at this call center I used to work at because um, I was making money from the army. I was making money from GI Bill and I was making money from the side job. You know, I was making money from music. Not, damn, now that I think about it, that's multiple streamers of income there right go. there at a young age. There you, go. All right. <laughs> you know, I always figured out I need to have money coming from different directions. So I was making all this money. So I was, I was living, I wasn't not extravagant, but I was, you know, I was okay. Right. Um, I met my wife and I just remember thinking of my wife, I was like, dang, she looks good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at her like, dang, she was exotic, something I'd never seen before. Um, and, you know, the, the, the rest is history. We ended up falling in love. Um, we got a place together by 2009. Um, she got pregnant and then um, we got married. And then I got married the 29th by January 2nd. I was off to Iraq. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a crazy story. Came, you know, had a, had the baby, had to fly back to have the baby. And I left again to, to go back on duty. I mean, I mean, we can go deep into that, but that's. Yeah, yeah go, go for yeah, it. I mean, because because this is the, the main reason. Uh, one of the reasons why I feel like this is great is because there's people that um, want to get into real estate, want to be an agent, want to be a broker, want to get into the life and the things that you're doing now. But they're like, how in the world is it even possible? But you've gone through it. And by you uh, just explaining like this happened, that I had to be shipped off, then I had to come back and then I had to do that. So by showing uh, that process, people will be like, oh, OK, so it's possible. It's hard, but it's possible. Uh, so so kind of yeah, my life goes. in that regard, bro, it was not it wasn't normal, man. It wasn't you know, I don't know many people who live like that. I mean, a lot of my peers can uh, it's very, you know, less than 1% can relate to something like that, especially being a guard member. When they think of guard, they think of nasty girl. They think, oh, you only go one week in a month. You don't do nothing. And, you know, I just gave you a very brief snippet of, you know, I was gone years at a time. And in between there, there was different duties. I had this training event that let me go for six months. I had this hurricane that came through. Um, there was a bunch of things that ended up happening. But anyways, by... I left to Iraq. I came, I, I, my baby had to be born. A whole drama came to fly me back to see my baby be born. I left. By the time I got back, my baby was already almost over a year old. So I wasn't, I wasn't there for Annalise, which is now my 11 year old, about to be 12 year old. I wasn't there for the early part of her life. And there was a, there was a point where I was gone. Maybe, you know, I remember when she was nine. I remember, I was, man, I was gone. I've been gone almost half her life, like wow. between Qatar, Iraq, um, training. I went to DC for a year. I've done a bunch of other missions since then. Um, um, so I, I remember thinking, man, I've been missing a lot of my kids' life, which, you know, when we're on the calls in the morning, that's why I stress, you know, being there for family, being there for kids, because I, early on in my kids' life, I was gone a lot. You know, it was a strain on my marriage. You know, I've, I've been in marital counseling a handful of times. And, and I'm all right with saying that because you know, marriage takes work. I told you I met my wife in 07. I'm still with her to this day. Um, we go through ups and downs. I freaking love her. All this is before I even got into real estate. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. And that part of the story, the crazy part about that is that it's not that part is not isolated. If you talk to anybody in real estate, they typically had um, a previous job or career or something. So let's 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 talk about that. I came. So I went to college, um, UCF, University, and then I read, I, you know, the way we make decisions are funny. I just read somewhere in a magazine that said, hey, 
um, 60 something percent of CEOs are finance majors. And I was like, all right, well, I want to be a CEO. So I guess I'm gonna be a finance major. There you go. Hey. I started going to school and I got into finance and I was like, what the heck? I don't care about amortizing and, and loans and PRT. I don't know, man. It just started talking about things that, I mean, it's pertinent now with the way I invest. But at that time, I was like, ugh. Right. I, I felt like IT again when I was around the kind of people I was around too. Like, I just wasn't vibing with. And I was like, nah, man, I, I don't think I don't think this is my, 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 uh, my path. Did you end up staying with finance uh, or did you switch to something? Oh, so... I think I, I had them for like semester. I did, you know, the first, you know, your junior year where you can, you got to take the all required prereqs mm-hmm. before you start taking all the, um, all the electives that go into your, into your major. Right. I quickly realized I went to the advisor and I was like, Hey, I don't like this. He's like, well, what's your personality type? You know, I'm like, I like, I want to sell. I want to own my own business. I want to be, you know, I want to make money. And they're like, try marketing. Marketing is where, you know, you have to reach out to people is where you bring in the business. And I was like, I got into marketing and I mean, I immediately loved it. My brain went right to it. Like, (laughs) it was like, boom. Okay. Got it. Excel spreadsheets. I could, all I have to do is, you know, this is what the market is. This is how you exploit the market. These are the things you need to persuade the market to bring all about bringing money into the business and different ways to bring in money to the business. Um, And I just went right into marketing. Gotcha. So uh, with marketing, because that's interesting, because I didn't know you went to marketing after after finance. So yes. what have you learned from uh, finance, uh, from marketing that you're incorporating into your real estate business? Oh, man, that's you, you know, what? I really don't know, to be honest with you, because my brain has kind of been in that room for a long time. What I do know is that real estate didn't need to be in real estate. You don't need a degree. A lot of people in real estate, all you need is, is two weeks, um, take a course, and then you, you get the license. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what got you into uh, real estate? What what was that that trigger point? Because I know usually for uh, everyone, there is a different story. There's usually a defining moment or the parents or whatever. So what was that moment for you to where it's like, oh, this is the path I want to go in? So this is a good one. So, all right. So remember, I told you I got my staff sergeant in 2006. So by the time I graduated college between all the different, um, I went, I came back from Iraq, went to college for like a little spent, went to Qatar for a year to, on another deployment, came back 2014, that's when I graduated. Um, so I was already making pretty decent money as a status sergeant in the military. Like, like I, I've been making money for, and when I say money, I want to say like, you know, 50 to 70,000, I was making, I felt like I was pretty good and I was like, so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm willing to take a hit. I know that I'm going to change careers because I, I got a marketing degree. I got a new piece of paper. Um, when I graduated college and I started and I started, you know, interviewing at different places, you know, Enterprise, Winter Car, you know, UCF didn't have the best recruiting, to be honest with you. Some of the people they put me in front of was like Enterprise, Cintas. Or I, I, I graduated college and it, it said, hey, let's go to this Enterprise. I got an Enterprise and I saw them in like white shirts, dressed like this, with a tie. They're running outside, cleaning off the front car and making sure everything's vacuumed for the next customer. And I was like, and I'm not saying like, there's something wrong with that. I just like, I graduated college to do this. Like, why did I go to college to do that? Um, 
it, it just didn't, I didn't want to do that. I was like, nah. And then the Cintas was like running around and, you know, asking people what kind of soap dispensers they have and whatever, you know, it, it was just, it wasn't the job I wanted to do. Gotcha. And then I remember talking to my wife and I was like, babe, I started reading, I read the first book about real estate, which is Millionaire Real Estate Agent. It's by Gary Keller. Um, it's a very famous book by a very big brand, uh, Keller of Keller Williams. Um, I didn't join Keller Williams, but you know, it's, it's Gary Keller, which is a very respected leader in our industry. And I read it, but, and I, when I tell you I read his book, man, I mean, I, I had a studio upstairs at my old house. I had a studio uh, and I just locked myself in the room every day, started taking notes. Boom, this is what I need to do. This is before I even took my exam. And I was like, and I ended up going to my wife and I was like, babe, I think I could do this. I think I, and she's like, you know, mind you, I have, at this point, I have three kids. You know, I got a mortgage. My wife isn't in her profession yet either. And I'm, we're trying to figure out, it's my income. Like, what the hell? Right, right. <laughs> it's on me, you know, me feeling like a man. And I was like, this is a big risk for me. And I was like, you know what? Because when I got, I got, oh, I got the offer letters from the job and I looked at it and it was like 40,000, 38,000. And I was like, right, right. Bruh. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, nah, man, I can't do this no more. I can't do that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join in the real estate. And then, you know, um, good thing I had just become an officer. Oh, I was going to come out. I had, I had a credit card and I put my, I put everything on the credit card in the beginning. Boom. Let me put the class on the credit card. I put all my dues on the credit card. It was like $1,800 worth of stuff I had to put on the credit card. And I just went ahead and did that. And I just started, I mean, when I tell you in, when I first got in, I just, I made that money like within the first, I don't know, four or five months in real estate. I made the money I was going to make a year uh, in, um, at these other jobs. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. So you made the right decision. <laughs> I made the right decision, baby. Right. I made the right decision. There you go. There you go. Awesome. So, uh, so now uh, as the kids are, are are starting to to come through in the family, uh, you're saying, you know, of course, military life and um, now being a real estate agent, all those things are just you know happening all at the same time. And for some people, each thing can consume their entire life, but you're doing all of them. So. Uh, what would you say is some advice that you'll give for just how to balance all that? How to balance all that. I there, I don't think there is a right or wrong way on how to balance that. You just got to do it. You got to be disciplined with your time. It's the same things that we talked about on the call, Eli, you know, um, at that same time, I forgot to mention a very critical piece. I was a staff sergeant. I went the same time I went to OCS, which is Officer Cannon School. I was already 13 years in my career, and I decided to become an officer. And that decision changed my whole trajectory, changed my mindset. You know, people say, what's the difference between um, officer and enlisted? It's the mindset piece. It, looking at the bigger picture, you know, taking time out and putting your ducks in a row and being way more disciplined with my approach to things. I took it very seriously. So by the time I graduated college and I got my, my commission, I mean, that was a huge level up for me. That was like, loop. that was my first level up. Uh, and I was already 30, that's 30 years old, by the way. Nice. I just turned 30. So 30 years old, my first level up. And I, I knew I wasn't a millionaire yet, but my head was already like, I'm a millionaire. You, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it just clicked. And then, um, you know, to be honest with you, the 
if it wasn't for my wife, you know, having a good wife, I, I don't think I would be able to do any of that. Um, she was, you know, at the same time I gave her my GI bill. So she, she became a nurse. So we, you know, she was holding me down while I was holding her down. It was like some back and forth. It was, I mean, it was a lot. And we had a, we had to manage, you know, being with the kids. We had to do marital counseling, which taught me to understand like, Hey, I have to take my wife out on dates. My wife ain't just going to love me. Right. So I got to like always work on that relationship on top of being there for my children, because before it was always focused on myself and my career Then I had a, well, my kids need to grow too. How do I, I need to get them in sports. I need to get them in better educational programs. You know, I just, I just started leveling up all my, my life all together. And I just started, you know, a little bit more selfless. I stopped, I don't go out. I stopped going out as much. I stopped going out as much and I started really focusing, you know, aligning my vision with my wife. Hey, babe, this is where we want to go. This is our five-year plan. This is our 10-year plan. This is our 20-year plan. And we started like really inching away at it. And when I say inching away at it, I mean like really getting after it. I don't mean like just having a dream. It's a plan. You know, I have to make this much money. I have to do this many appointments. I have to do this many deals. I have to invest this much. I have to buy this many properties. I have to, you know, accomplish these certifications. Boom, 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 after another. And then start going, just getting after it one by one by one by one by one. Gotcha. I love that. I love that. So, so one, uh, and I know we spoke about this a lot, and, and you hear this from a lot of people that are successful, well, a lot of men that are successful in their uh, career paths. It's along the way they were working towards something, but then you link up with the right partner. And that partner will take you to that next level and allow you to handle uh, a lot more. Uh, and I, I completely agree with that. I, I've definitely seen the change in uh, the things that I've been able to accomplish in the trajectory of where we're going to go now that we're uh, teaming up together and doing things together. Uh, it's like I, I 100% agree, man. So that, that's that's amazing. So uh, as far as the real estate uh, piece of you becoming a landlord, uh, when did you buy your first uh, investment property? So my first property I bought it is my first house. I bought it with the VA loan, zero percent down. Back when um, I think the economy, I really want to buy my, I wanted to buy a house before that. I had money in the bank before that from all of my deployments to be able to um, buy a house. But then I saw the market was like trash. Mm. So I bought my first house in 2010. Give me one second. Yep. My first property in in 2010. Yep. 2010, I was in Iraq. I used the GI Bill. I don't know if you remember, but the um, market collapse. Oh, of course, everybody remembers the market mm-hmm. collapse in 2008. So nobody was buying houses. There was tons of short sales on the property on on the market. I didn't know what a short sale was. I remember I was gone. My wife was looking online, and she's like, "There's this thing called a short sale. Um, it looks like the best deal. It's in this little town. Um, I remember it was a Podunk town. I remember growing up, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to live over there." Right. I mean, we looked at a bunch of properties. We ended up buying this property, the property, which is currently my, one of my rentals. Um, we, I bought it and it took like nine months to close on it. They didn't want to leave, all types Jeez. of stuff, but gotcha. I got a great deal on it. I don't care. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I got a great deal on it. On top of that, it was zero, it was zero percent down. And at that time, they had the incentive that they were paying homeowners $8,000 for um, moving in 
because they because nobody was buying houses. So Whoa. I actually got paid to buy the house. Was that strictly like uh, the the GI Bill or military deal to get paid to move in, or was that just nationwide? No, that was part of the stimulus at the time because people were not buying houses. Um, don't quote me what it was, but I remember I I got a fat freaking income tax because it was a there was an incentive there was an extra credit on there and so I was like. Gotcha. Hell yeah! <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. That's awesome. I, I did do. I, I did not know about that. Okay, uh, that's awesome. So yeah. uh, now uh, you got your rental property, uh, and actually, that? that was my that was my actual house. Right. Well, okay. Then, yeah, you got your house. So how did that become your rental property? It became my rental property because we you know we outgrew it. My, my wife wanted nice, finer things, started making more money, and it was a nice starter home, starter neighborhood, and we could afford more. Right. Um, Actually, we made a determination was I was I came back and I was I got a renovation um, boat and it was like 50 grand. And I was like, nah, I'm not about to spend 50 grand on an old house. <laughs> I really put that down on a new house, which I did. And I, I got a bigger house, um, rented that thing out. And now it's making more than double what my mortgage is way more than double, two and a half, almost three times what my mortgage is. Um, and continues to go up because, as you know, rents within the last year have been. Whoop, whoop. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So the easy, you know, it's the same advice I give everyone else is, you know, if you're trying to find your first house, buy, live in it for a little bit, move on, especially veterans, man. I love I love the VA loan. Zero percent down. You don't pay PMI, which which is uh, primary mortgage insurance, which means you can afford more house. Uh. So, you know, you could stretch a little bit more for the house, you know, for a little better house. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so now this was after you became an agent when you bought the house or was this, uh, this is after you became an agent or before? No, I bought the house before. Okay. And then I bought this house a couple of years ago. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, you bought the property, you became an agent. Uh, and um, as you continued on to get uh, other uh, properties that you invested in, what is, what was it like being a landlord? Uh, when it came to um, just dealing with uh, people that are living in houses. That, uh, what, what is it like being a landlord, especially in a home that you may have an attachment to that you lived in before? Uh, was there uh, was it difficult to find tenants in there because you had an emotional attachment to it? Uh, or was it just, what, what do the numbers say? This is how much we're going to make. It's just a house. Let me just move on. So a little bit both on, you know, so apartments, you know, you just... Numbers say this, I make this much on it. Let's move forward. On the well, with my primary residence, same, you know, I didn't get an attachment to it. I had to clean off all the things that my kids, all the mess my kids made. So I did like a refab, refab, got them in there. Finding tenants was a problem. Um, I'm close to university, I'm close to UCF, so I was getting tons of UCF students. And I didn't want UCF students in that property. Gotcha. Um, I just don't. It's a four-bedroom, it's a four-bedroom property. Um, when you have that many students in a house, forget about it. There's no telling the condition they're going to live in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I was looking for, you know, families would come through and then I found, um, you know, a military family. I'm very, you know, biased. I would, I would like to say towards the military because I'm, you know, I'm in the military and I thought, Hey, you're in the military. It should be no problem. But you know, it's nothing's ever clean. Let's put it that way. They don't always pay you on time. Uh, they might be a little issue. Grant, they were great. They've been great tenants. I'm not going to complain, but you have to work through things with tenants. Um, you know, 
for what are you gonna are you gonna accept the first, last, and security deposit? So in my area, if the rents here are two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a month, somebody's got to come out of pocket seventy five hundred dollars. <laughs> Does everybody have seventy five hundred dollars? Right. You know, I learned things like um, how do I, how am I going to collect my rents? Am I going to use Zelle? Am I going to use Apartments.com? Am I going to am I going to use a software? Am I going to use um, uh, a manager, a property manager? Um, granted, I'm in real estate, so it's nothing for me. I just as a real estate agent, it's part, part it's like second nature. This is what we're just going to do. So, um, how do you collect your rent? Well, what software do you use uh, to do that? I'm very old school, man. When I mean old, I'm old school, new school. I use Zelle. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. So cool. the first of the month when I'm chilling, I hear bling, bling, there you bling, go. bling. That's a good sound. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So um, as you uh, are an agent, I'm sure there's been uh, some rough patches uh, as uh, an agent. So um, can you tell us about anything that, especially with the market changing? Um, I'm sure at some point uh, while you're doing it, it was a, a buyer's market transition to a seller's market what uh, were the differences that you saw and what adjustments you had to make uh, within your business? So that's a good, that's a very good question, Eli. So I've been in seven years and I have seen the business already change on me already. Um, so when I first got in, it, the demand wasn't as high as it is now. So we had something called expired listings. I would, I, I didn't know how to, when I first got in, I didn't know how to procure business. Like, how do I do this? And I started looking at videos online, like, hey, you call people who had their house listed before and you try to get convince them to give you an appointment and close on them to give you the listing so you can so you can sell the property. Right. So I went very heavily towards start off uh, my business with expired listings. That is, at first it was straight up. I went on something called the Red X. If you want to get real tactical, we can go real tactical yeah, with go this. For it. I went on, I found Red X. Red X pulled all the MLS data and then they went and searched for all the numbers or whatever it thought was numbers. Um, and I was hand, hand dialing, doo -doo -doo, calling, next, calling, next. Didn't know, I, I just knew that's how I procure business. Uh -huh. um, got my first listing like two months into business off of expired. And I was like, man, I'm good at, I, I, can, I can do this. Right. I, you know, I had two appointments, you know, I failed at the first appointment, failed at the second appointment by the third appointment. I got one on the hook. And, I'm like, and I, you know, of course you mess up throughout the whole process. You mess up, you know, you knew the contracts. I mean, I can go in on expired listings. But the point was, I started off with expired listings. Um, but then as the market started to change, there's been less and less expires on the market. People, and then I started going, well, what do we do now? Um, so from expired listings to referrals to, I tried the Fizbo's, I wasn't good at that. I bought leads, I went on Zillow.com, I've tried that. You could do that, um, you kind of exhaust yourself. I still buy some leads, I have programs now where I buy leads um, on my online on Google, but it's a hamster wheel. It's a hamster wheel. So now I'm currently at the shift of going online and upgrading this whole thing. This is about to be my studio. And, you know, back when if, I remember everybody was like, hey, you need to bring leads to you. So they'll, they'll make a landing page and a lead magnet and all through blogs and through, you know, all that stuff. Uh, 
the new way is going to be through video on YouTube. I mean, there's no, I've, I, I've come to the realization that, that if you're going to be a modern agent, that is where you need to be at. That is where all the eyeballs are at. You know, the first, you know, the first thing, 67% of home buyers, the first thing they do is go on Google first. Bum, 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 bum. Google's number one. Number two is YouTube. And guess who owns both of them? There you go. Google owns both, yeah. Google. Right, right. Those are the top two search engines. So as an agent, if we're not living in that space, we're non-existent. Um, I've been in that space with others and I've had some success. That's where I'm at now with some of my marketing. Um, but the shift has gone from, you know, strictly cold calling, you know, now they're getting more strict on, you know, the amount of calls. So you end up looking like spam, like, you know, scam likely on people's phones if you call too much, uh, which I'm calling from my actual number, I'm an agent. And it still so showed up as scam thing. likely. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm still showing up as scam likely, to be honest with you. I just stopped, I stopped doing that kind of activity with my number because I didn't want to do that. Right. Um, then on top of that, I just got tired of, you know, I'm buying a lead, I'm calling you, and I still got to sell you again. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> and, it, and it might sound arrogant, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still have to sell. I'm just... I'm more of the line of let me provide people with value. I've, just, I've been in business long enough where uh, I know my market and I feel very confident. I know my market more than 98 to 99% of people. And that's a real number. All right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Cool. I feel you. So, uh, so you made the, the shift of mainly going a lot more online, uh, basically, uh, with, with how things are, are going. So when you say online, it's mainly... Uh, are you still buying the leads from there? Are you doing the the page to where people are funneling in, or what is someone online? So I still do, yeah, I do Google Ads. So I still have Google Ads going right now, where people go and search for keep. I pay a company to do that for me because uh -huh. I don't have time to sit here and do that. Plus, I just don't want to be bogged down with that. Um, and then on top of that, I am, you know, you see my uh, my content on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, I've been doing that. That's just that's just top of mind stuff. I do cool videos and 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 walkthroughs and social content just to say, hey, I'm here. I'm real estating. Gotcha. And then the evolution where I'm going to now, and I'm you know I'm gonna speak it into existence because you know we, we you and I started together like back heavy on accountability group. I need you to hold me accountable that this is where I'm gonna go with my business. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. We started our accountability group. I could barely walk. I mean, I was barely walking. I hurt myself the month before. And, and, I, and I got on a call so that I can go ahead and just walk even a mile. And we started treadmill talk. I, I could barely, you know, I had injured my back the month before uh -huh. at the gym. So I remember I saw you on Clubhouse and I was like, hey, man, um, what is this thing? What is this clubhouse thing? And you're like, oh, it's this app, blah, blah, blah. I got on it. And then you were like, you're on a treadmill every morning. I'm like, yo, let's make this a thing. I need somebody holding me accountable to get my ass out of my house and walking so that I can, you know, I can't go and lift anymore right now because my back is killing, it's hurting. I was going to therapy. Um, I can at least get on my butt and, and walk so I don't get fat. So <laughs> gotcha. that same accountability I need now with next piece that i'm about to go into which is going to be you know the youtube space the video space and really upgrading my video 
Gotcha. So, so with this, uh, I guess everybody that watches this, they can hold you accountable too, as you're posting, you know, different videos. And uh, and, and later on, once you give your your socials and everything, uh, if they don't see nothing in the wild, like, hey, Omar, where's these new videos at? <laughs> We're holding you accountable. Uh, so, so we'll do that. So, um, I would so, love that. There you go. So on uh, this part of uh, the show, what we do is we uh, ask three books that you would recommend for someone that is looking to get into real estate as an agent, as a broker, or overall leadership or work-life balance, whatever it is. Just three books that you're like, hey, you got to read these three. Well, I gave you the first one uh, that I read and I read again, by the way, I went back and read it again just to keep my head going because I think the the method is tried and true is millionaire real estate agent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a red book. It's 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 the basics of being a realtor, how the activity you should be doing, the amount of touches you should be doing. It's just a very tactical piece of what it is to be a realtor. Um, another book I could recommend to you. Um, I love this. For leadership is concerned, this is something I give my, um, you know, my my subordinate leaders now is leaders eat last. This is a key concept, um, very key concept. You know, why do we eat last? You know, why is it important to be a leader? You know, the, the, a lot of the attributes that have to do with a leader. And then the last one I would do, I'm just gonna, talk, I'm going off the cusp here. Atomic Habits. I read this about last year. Um, this, what I love about this book, what I absolutely love about this book is that it teaches you, and I don't want to teach you, but it gives you the, the concept of getting 1% better each day, each week, each month. It doesn't matter. Um, and I use it, I use it with my kids. You know, my daughter, she's a she's a volleyball player. And, you know, this is the analogy I gave her. I said, hey, um, you in high school, let's see, and Eli, help me let, me. let me see if I'm right here. See if I'm right with this analogy. All right. From zero to 100, and as far as skill and professionalism, in high school, you get to about 70 to 80 percent. If you're talking about the top tier varsity, I'll tell you, I'll by tell you, right. maybe even. Yeah, top tier. You, and you might get the, maybe 85%, but you're not coming out of high school at 100. You know what I mean? Right. You're not coming out of high school at a professional level at anything. So you might get, you might be really superstar. You might get to 80 to 50%, 80 to 85. Mm-hmm. By the time you go to college, you're going from 80 to about 95. Like, so the first part of your whole entire life, up until you're about 18 years old, you're working just to be 80 to 85% competent and your sport or in, you know, that good, the rest you're working on little things to get you a percentage at a time better. Um, Got and that's what we're working on. By the time you finish college, so you get in D1, you become a D1 because she wants to be a D1 volleyball player. I said, Hey, you could get up to 90, 95%, but you know, that time it takes you to get from 90, 95% could be three or four years. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You're working very hard to inch away at those percentages. Um, and then after 95%, it's very few who are that good. Gotcha, gotcha. I feel Actually, you. know, like a LeBron. LeBron is – is he at 100%? He's at 98 maybe 99%. Gotcha. Hey, I mean, he's 100% to me, but, you know, other people feel differently. 
You know, so some okay. people. <laughs> well, we'll say he's the hundred. He's a benchmark. He's the hundred percent. Right. You know, how many LeBrons are there though? Yeah, none. Only one. Only one. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so th- those are the three books. Uh, and so for the people that want to reach out to you and to hold you, you accountable, you. or just really see your uh, your content, just really see what you're about. Um, or if they're in the central Florida area and they want to, uh, purchase a home. Um, so what's the best way to get in contact with you? Listen, if you want to see my journey and you want to do the journey with me, absolutely. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Omar Cota real estate at Omar Cota real estate on Instagram. Um, I'll be more than happy to, hopefully we can hold each other accountable. You can DM me, you can at me at certain posts. Um, if you're looking to do in your career, if you're looking to take the first steps in anything, I know you. a lot of your audience are real, you know, wholesalers and people who are hustling at different capacities. I'm all about that. I'm doing that every day, just in, in the real estate agent side. Um, if you, I just gave you, I gave you a really scary thing of telling you where I'm going. That's, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. And I wanted, I wanted you guys to hold me accountable to that. Um, but, you know, reach out to me. Oh, at Omar Cota Real Estate at, on Instagram. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So now uh, we're going to go into the lightning round. All right. And this one, I'm going to ask you three uh, questions. I just want to see how you uh, respond and what's your answer uh, to these here. So question number one. All right. Uh, would you rather be able to speak all languages fluently or be able to make any electronic device work with just your mind? That is interesting. Make any electronic. That sounds like awesomeness, but I think I would much rather speak every language fluently. Gotcha. Um, my rationale, you want my rationale behind that is I rather connect with people on a personal level than I, than I would over technology. I think that technology is going to be here very limited time, but us as people, the way we communicate, I think that's going to be even longer time. So I, I think I would much rather connect with people gotcha. um, through the language. Gotcha. That's that's a great answer. All right. So uh, next one. Would you rather be able to travel uh, to any point in the past uh, and then from there you could teleport back to the current moment or skip to exactly one year from today's moment? Hmm. I would rather go to the past and, you know, you know, it's funny. I'm always, I just told you what I'm about to do in my real estate career and where I'm going. I'm always concerned about the future and that thing could get, you know, I made a decision to join GRTC because I caught, I saw a kid jump over a hood. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. That could jump any which way. And I, and, and I want to experience, I want to continue to experience those things. Gotcha. But sometimes I want to see parts of the past to let me know where I'm going because I can, especially if it's, if it's one of my past things, I really want to see that emotion when I was, was there to remember that so I can lead, so it can lead me to the future. Gotcha. I love it. All right. And the last question, uh, would you rather be able to fly, but only up to 10 miles per hour or, uh, you'd be able to, oh, hold on. When I tell you my handwriting is is the worst handwriting in the world, <laughs> man, 
All right. Uh, I'm going to make this up because my handwriting is terrible. All right. So would you rather be able to fly up to uh, 10 miles an hour uh, or uh, would you want to uh, be able to uh, hold your breath for 10 minutes? Easy. I don't, you know, I'd rather fly for 10 miles an hour. Anywhere I can go, Tim, just I can always fly? Just, well, I, I guess I could have uh, put some more restraints on there. I left that a little loose. I, I need to do much better at these questions. I'm flying all day. <laughs> I do better with these questions. I don't need a drone no more. I can just I can just fly and take my my camera and just be. I'm the new drone. Um, you know, swimming. I, I'm not a, I'm not a water guy. So maybe for a water person that might be a big deal. But I'd rather be flying all day. Gotcha. I love the sky. Gotcha. All right. I, gotcha. I'm gonna disregard right. that last question. That was, that was probably one of the worst questions. I've had on here. I've had on here. But it's all good. All right. So, uh, so next for the people that uh, want to become a broker uh, and just overall want to manage, you know, work life balance and really do some of the things that you're doing. Uh, what's the first step you would say to handle all of that? Uh, first step to become a broker. Well, first you have to become an agent or a um, real become a real estate agent and a realtor. Um, you don't have to be, they're, they're not the same thing, by the way. And a lot of people get that confused. You can become a real estate agent and also become a broker. Um, you don't have to become a realtor. But I would, yes, and you have to wait two years and take the test, take the class, the whole nine. Um, but the first step, first step is really looking at, you know, a lot of people getting into real estate right now. Real estate has been, there's an old adage, I could throw a rock and hit a realtor, you know, um, a Cop stopped me the other day and he asked me, hey, can I need your real estate license and your registration? And I said, don't you mean my driver's license? And he goes, no, everybody doesn't have one of those. So no, that's the old joke. <laughs> everybody nice. has a real estate license. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so everybody joins the real estate being like, oh, I can make quick money. They quickly say, hey, how much commission? Do you make? And they automatically assume that they're going to get to sell that fast. But, you know. There's an 87% failure rate, and that's the reason. If you think that, which I know you are more than capable of, if you have the discipline to um, do tasks every day consistently and work at it, the first thing you do is take the real estate license um, and then get in the business and just jump in. Jump in, learn from others. Uh, I would, if this is specifically for real estate agents, I would... What I did was the top people in my brokerage, I took them out to lunch. I saw, I, you know, I was already, remember I, I was a marketing major already, so I already knew the numbers I had to look at. And the first thing I did was, oh, my MLS, I could look up market reports and then I can do all types of functions. Let me look at, who are the top agents in my office? And I go start picking their brain. Hey, what are they doing? Start dissecting their business, you know? Gotcha. Oh, this guy, you know, and everybody does their business differently. This guy is all about the church. He's all in his church and he's like, hey, he's a church go-to guy. This girl is the PTA mom and all the PTA parents come to her. This person is um, a hard charger on the phone every day. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. You know, I don't know. But you you see the different versions of how people do their business and then you'll see where you're going to go with your business. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. Uh, and some words of wisdom uh, that you'll give for everyone that's listening. Words of wisdom. Um, get better every day. Um, 
you know, I'm all about discipline. I think when we first, Eli, when you and I first talked, what was one of the first things I asked people when they started having problems? What was one of the first things I asked them? Mm, well, I guess, well, I, I well, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead and go ahead and respond. Well, I guess, why do you want to do what this? What time do you wake up in the morning? Oh, it's how you wake Yeah, true. Very true. Very true. They start saying, well, I can't get anything done. I can't get anything. I'm like, what's the first question I ask them? Wait, what time do you wake up in the morning? And, and I don't know if you remember that. One of the hardest things for people, you know, was, was to do was to get up just for the call at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's just like, there's no way. There's no way I could do this. And all of a sudden, now we have 55 people in the room and they all wake up the same early in the morning. They didn't know they could do that. Exactly. So that's just one example. So my, the words of wisdom is discipline yourself, get better every day, focus. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Omar, so much for coming on. Uh, and you you really gave a lot of great insight and people got to know you a little bit more. Uh, and uh, we look forward to having you on uh, maybe a future episode and you just uh, giving us some updates on uh, the, the future things that you're doing with uh, you know, the content, uh, videos and, um, your entire journey. So I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey man, thank you for inviting me, brother. I hope I provided, um, your listenership yourself, some value, and I hope I wasn't boring. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, man. All right. And don't thank you for listening to the, your first steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review. And don't forget to subscribe.